everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. Well, we have another potpourri show with a, just a few topics. We do. And we hope to keep you uplifted, but we're not making any promises. <laughs> First, a few preliminaries. Okay. Well, the you got to go to The best Italian Masani's. joint in the world. That's right. It's getting to be real Italian weather. Cooling off a little bit. <laughs> go get your lasagna. It's super tasty. Go watch a football game. That's right. At 8833 Belair Road. Eat lasagna. Belair Road, hon. And read a book. An Ehrlich book. And, uh... Second, uh, last weekend, we're not going to get into replays of our kids' games every weekend, but this oh, suffice to say... To. no. My wife left me with five minutes left in the game. <laughs> it was a nail biter. To, to go up to the top of the stadium before the River Hawks of Susquehanna came back, bomb thrown by your son, with 15 seconds left to put us in field goal position to win the game as time ran out. Congratulations, River Hawks. We can't take too many more like that. I just got to tell you. You want to care to comment on that there, kid? No, I have no fingernails left. That's all I'll She say. is a quarterback's mom through and through. Trust me. Third preliminary item. We have a 100th anniversary show coming up. 100 shows. Do well, you believe it? that's exciting. And guess that's who exciting. our special guest is going to be? Who? Larry Kudlow. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, Larry Kudlow that was, was that's called a setup line. to be our guest this show, but fell ill. So Larry will be on. The next few days when we cut our next show and we love Cudlow. You're a Cudlow junkie. I, I'm a groupie. You're a junkie. You are. A you are. You're a groupie. Yes, I am. We love him. We've known him for years. Did a great job under President Trump. Very popular show on Fox. I love him because he sets it forth in a very clear, succinct way. And, you know, you and I are lawyers, so we're not numbers people. Yep. And uh, that's what I love about him. Very straightforward. Very clear. And it couldn't make more sense when he's talking about it. Also so. a Jack Kemp guy. There and we go. love Jack Kemp guys. Fourth preliminary item, Aaron Rodgers carrying the flag out. One of the great moments in recent NFL history. How refreshing was that flag and that reaction? 9-11 in New York and then the Achilles. Wow. It's just amazing. We feel for him, say yeah. some prayers for him, hope that he gets better and Continues on his football career if he so chooses. Well, we hope at 39 years old he is able to come back from Achilles, which is very difficult at that position in that league with that injury at that age. But uh, if anybody can do it, he can. One of the best of all time. And finally, for Marylanders, October 12th is what, dear? That is Ehrlich Fest. <laughs> it's an Ehrlich Fest. the state party. There hasn't been Gotta one be there. lately. But 20 years since the Ehrlich administration came to power. Don't say it. The state, and you, you look, look great. And you were, <laughs> and you were eighteen when that happened. That's right, exactly. So the state party came to us and said, "You know, twenty years since your administration came to power, a lot of good stuff happened under our watch. Let's celebrate it. We are big crowd, building Hilton Airport, BWI." In the great state of Maryland on October 12th. Uh, go to, if you're interested in attending, go to our website, bobrelick.com, or the uh, Republican State Party also has a lot of information up on that event. We're looking forward to seeing a lot of people. Really, a reunion for us, for people. Not a bit, it's not about us, it's about the people who actually did the job for us, for the people of Maryland, for the taxpayers. And they did no, a great but it'll job. be a lot of fun for us. It will be a lot of fun for us, no doubt. All right, babe, three real quick topics this week. Not really a potpourri show, but three topics we need to discuss. And the first is 
a column I have coming in the Daily Caller. And it, I was interested to read recently, it's not just the first time this has occurred, you see it from time to time, traditional liberals bemoaning the state of the Democratic Party today and asking for a, a New Deal redux, a New Deal coalition redux, getting the old gang back together again, especially working class, especially blue collars. And what I read was a tweet from, from Bobby Kennedy saying, you know what, we need to get this done and it's about time and get the old gang back together again. And, <laughs> and I'm writing a column about, hey, it ain't going to happen. And I, I think he knows in his heart of hearts and his brain it's not going to happen. But there's various reasons why it's not going to happen. And the primary reason is the Democratic Party today, the Progressive Party, has divorced that cohort, that group of voters. And they've been unashamed about it. They've been out there about it. They've been aggressive about it. And just off the top of my head, I, I made a note here. Think about boys and girls sports, a secular culture, open borders, abortion without limits, defund the police, energy dependence, woke instruction in schools, gun control. Now, if you think you can get blue-collar labor in America, folks with pretty conservative values, back on board with that agenda ain't happening. Well, like you said, uh, the Kennedys of yesterday would not, wouldn't even recognize the Democratic Party as you just stated it. And as a result, it, it is, like you said, kind of warm-hearted that he wants to put this <laughs> it's coalition romantic. together. Yes, it's romantic. But <laughs> it is not, it, 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 they've gone way too far and they have isolated his kind of, really, in a way, or it seems today, forward thinking about how people can come together that they actually, there is common ground. Yeah. Let's work on that common ground and let's get to it. He's talked about the border. He's talked about energy independence. Yep. He's talked about things where we could really come together. And as much as people out there say, oh, that's what we need. We need somebody that's going to bring us together. <laughs> and yet at the same time, they never do. You know, all sides lock in. Yeah. And and won't admit certain things. And and the amount of lying through the media is just... Well, we're going to get to that, actually. We're okay, going to get to I'm that. Always, I always yeah. jump ahead. But well, no, 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 no. Your point's well taken, babe. It, it, you know, we're going to talk about that in the context of the next issue. But the fact of it is, America's elites, the bi-coastal elites, the PhD elites, have divorced America's working class. No doubt about it. And they've been very rough with regard to the working class, with regard to their comments and descriptions. We don't need to go into all that. But in any event, this is a column forthcoming from me and the Daily Caller. I think it's going to be worth a couple minutes of your time. And so look for it. I suspect it will be out in the next two or three days. Uh, second issue. The speaker. We've talked about this off air. We've talked about this. We need a, more of a social life because we talk about this all the time around <laughs> here. But Kevin McCarthy's done a pretty good job, a very good job in our view, our humble opinion. And now he's confronted with a really difficult substantive slash political decision, which, of course, is the impeachment inquiry. And he's moving ahead with the inquiry. Basically, discovery, if you will, in a political context. And it's a problem on... It's an issue, I should say, and problematic on many fronts. 
on the substance end, the evidence keeps piling up. And I, again, shell companies and $20 million in payments from foreign actors and the brand and Hunter's laptop and bank statements and the WhatsApp message from Hunter and uh, Joe Biden's aliases, his pseudonyms and the suspicious activity reports and all these various reports day after day after day. And, and as a matter of substance, we're not making any conclusions here, but there's a lot there and there's a lot of suspicious there, there. And so Kevin McCarthy wouldn't be doing his job if he wasn't paying attention and saying, Hey, there could be something there. On the other, on the other hand, independence, we talk often on this show about a couple hundred thousand people, maybe 150,000 people, mostly independents are going to decide this election. And they live in a handful of states, six, seven states. And these are folks who aren't particularly political. They don't like the Washington game. They don't like the politics. They don't like the ugliness. They don't like the character destruction, like any of this stuff. And to the extent they see this as political, hey, it's just a get back for what you did to Trump. That's a problem politically for Republicans, for the Republican nominee, for the party nationally. If they see it as, as a matter of substance, it's a different matter. But there's a risk here. There's a gamble here. It just is a clear gamble to go ahead, even with everything piling up on the substance end. Why is the risk mostly on our side and not <laughs> on their side? I just, I just asked the question. Because is that a rhetorical question, dear? It is rhetorical, <laughs> yeah, but yet sorry, I'd no, love to hear an answer. Well, you know the answer because the press generally wants the Democrats to win. Right. That but, makes it tough. That makes it tough. But it is interesting, right? It, that uh, the risk, uh, they have no risk in going forward in all kinds of indictments that have been stretches of the law, stretches of our system, uh, uh, prosecutor abuse in in many cases from our perspective. And, and, and yet they suffer no political risk. And, and so it, it is interesting. I think the speaker McCarthy is doing a really great job. People have no idea that that is really an amazingly difficult. We've seen job. that job up close and personal, and uh, you know it's like herding cats, and it yes. is really a difficult job. And I, I think that he is doing very well at it. So you just really refer to an inflection point, and and the second part of this story is a true inflection point. It's something we need to discuss because it broke yesterday. <laughs> It's even difficult to describe the White House Counsel's Office, because Ian Sam is is the guy's name. They put out a media alert, basically a media warning. Now, this is the United States of America. (laughs) This is is from the White House in the United States of America in the year 2023. And the media alert was basically, hey, press, hey, free media, you better watch out in reporting this story, the Biden inquiry. You better look at the Republicans. It's a bunch of lies. You know it. And we're going to hold you accountable. Now, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but not much. Uh, quote, unquote, ramp up your scrutiny of the House GOP. Uh, inquiry should set off alarm bells in news organizations. Basically, a warning, um, a mandate, if you will, to the major media, the legacy media, generally friendly to their cause, basically in the in the business of protecting Joe Biden for the last three years, we don't want you to report in an independent way. We want you to report in our way, our narrative, our viewpoint. And we're going to hold you accountable. This is, wow, this is serious stuff. Now, 
And it's out there in black and white. Oh, is it out there? I mean, it is admitting, okay, we're 1984. We're taking control. We can do whatever we want. So it's telling the media how to report as opposed to their job, the White House's job, which is to influence how the media reports. That's their job. That's what press people do. You if you put your case out there. You try to influence how the media reports what you've done that day. You don't day, threaten right? them. You don't threaten them. This is not a rebuttal. It's a warning from the state. 1984, babe. Your point's well taken. And, and here's my point in this context. This is a potential problem for the media uh, because – Let's just say they take the bait. TNN did yesterday, (laughs) but not maybe in the way the White House wanted. But let's just say they take the bait and they become hypercritical of the Republicans and uh, go beyond the pale with regard to minimizing uh, what the Republicans are doing concerning this inquiry. A lot of people are going to say they're simply following the dictates of what the White House told them to do. I mean, the press, the media has enough of a credibility problem fly over America. And here you go. If they do it, they're going to double down here. Uh, it's going to be a real problem in my view. They already have this, this credibility problem and this could only make it worse. So my question to you, my dear, is, is this the inflection point for Joe Biden and a compliant press? In other words, is the leg- even the legacy media... Very left-leaning, going to say, hey, no, 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 you've now crossed the line. We're still going to do our job. We're still left-leaning, but we're going to do our job. We're not going to take uh, mandates from the White House on how to report a story, which is exactly what this is. I don't know. I I am normally very positive, but I have to tell you, I, I don't know that this is an inflection point. I think it only becomes that. If something serious happens to Biden's health and it becomes so obvious, the state of his health, that then they might have to start saying, okay, well, you know, maybe they become a little bit uh, more objective in their reporting. I mean, they get away with continuing, continuing, continuing lies after lies start just what's come out about correcting what was done and said in covid yeah uh so i don't know i don't know i'm not very optimistic about it unless it becomes so blatantly obvious it looks bad because as we said as the evidence begins to pile up and there's certainly enough evidence for a a look-see here (laughs) this is hard evidence now and now they come out with this warning. Hey, now that the evidence is beginning to pile up, now we're going to warn you. You better do what we say. Wow. I mean, this speaks of weakness, not strength. This smacks of fear. And let me, let me just say, too, the other part of the evidence is actual whistleblowers coming forward. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And, you know, the idea that whistleblowers, the whole concept is that people would be protected no matter what side you're on. There's potentially whistleblowing on one, both yeah, sides. Yeah. And that a whistleblower is seeing something illegal or not right that's happening in government and coming forward and should be uh, protected. Celebrated, protected and celebrated, and by the way. So it, it, it is really interesting to me that uh, people, this at least so far, the way the whistleblowers have been treated is that 
they are not being encouraged to come forward. That is for sure. Well, the, the show is called The Bottom Line. The bottom line, in, in our view, in, especially my view right now, is they've basically run cover for Joe Biden since they decided he was the only person who could potentially beat Donald Trump. And they've run that cover for three years through bad economies and interest rates and inflations, and supply chains and Afghanistan and a borderless border and everything else. And that's sort of been the status quo. We expect that from the right. We're paranoid for a reason. Um, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean that everyone's not out to get you, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the old saying. But maybe, maybe, see, even in legacy media, this is that, hey, this is a bridge too far. You're now telling us out, like you said, babe, out there, it's out there that what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to report your narratives and what are the repercussions? We're not invited to cocktail parties. We're not going to get stories anymore. How are you going to punish us if we don't follow your dictates? Again, there's a credibility problem in middle America to begin with. This could exacerbate it. We'll see how it plays out. Please pay attention because this really undermines. This is another in-your-face undermining of the First Amendment. Last story, third story, and this is your story, babe. I am thinking about writing another book. You've read some of the manuscript. Uh, it concerns the policies of the Biden administration over the past three years, literally policies. One of those policies has been a borderless border. As part of that policy, the Biden administration stopped doing DNA testing. Now, DNA testing is really important if you're talking about child trafficking, For children. human trafficking. Right. So DNA. you have these folks showing up at the border, and uh, a lot of the traffickers will say, oh, they're, they're my kids. Well, how do you prove or disprove that claim? You do a DNA test. Right. And the Biden administration says, nah, we're going to stop this test. Why? This may be the most fundamental human rights issue in the world right now, the, the proliferation of human trafficking at the U.S. southern border. So we take one tool away, DNA testing, and the second tool we take away is what, dear? Well, now, uh, according to an article in the Daily Caller, um, that they are no longer even questioning the children because it might trigger them if they question them. Now, obviously, when you question a child that uh, people have been trained in techniques of asking certain questions to these children in order to solicit whether they are being trafficked or not, because obviously, sometimes they're not going to answer honestly, or they may look upset or intimidated or something along those lines. So these people have been trained, and it's a, it's a real sort of art slash science yeah. that they're able to do. And uh, now they're not even questioning them. So these kids are, are have no one protecting them as they're coming across. We know that the cartels are, are snatching these kids up. Almost over 60% of these kids the cartels can identify and are moving along in, in their traffic traps of either sexual trafficking, um, uh, their employment, em working them as workers, mm -hmm. yep. underage child workers, labor. Yep. child labor. Yep. So it is a terrible issue. And what's so upsetting is the party as a whole, I mean, 
we're not protecting children in this country. I mean, that is not a first world problem. That is a third world problem. And we are just letting it go untouched. And no one's alarmed and uh, on the Democratic side is alarmed. The administration is not putting in the safeguards. There are many organizations that are trying to do what they can do, both outside and inside government. Um, certainly the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is trying to do what they can. But without the ability to do a DNA test, without the ability to question, actually just question a child, uh, the issue is going to get much worse. And they're saying that the trafficking issue is so much worse than even the drug issue uh, and all the well, drugs all coming in. And they're certainly they're interrelated. interrelated. Absolutely. They all are a function of a bottom line issue, which is a borderless border, which is an out-of-control chaotic border from the jump during the Biden era. You know, yeah, this, this article says that they can be questioned in a trauma way. Like, what's more traumatic than being trafficked? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's anything more traumatic for a child. And then what does that do to them, even if they are saved down the road? It takes a long time to get over that kind of unbelievable trauma. This is not brain surgery. If you know you have this tremendously important issue, it's as fundamental an issue as you can have trafficked children. You would think that the public policy response would be A, B, C, D, all the above. Let's stop it. Let's find out where these kids are being. Maybe in, in a case, a family will be proven innocent. Hey, that's your kid. Okay. They're not being trafficked. Oh, yeah. We found out. I'm sure that that's the case. In some cases. Well, how about the other cases? Uh, I know. You would think a rational government would go the whole nine yards with regard to any potential option, any potential remedy to fix this problem. And here again, for some reason, national administration steps away. And again, I don't get it. This I just don't get is, right. it. This is an issue that how can there be disagreement? How yeah. can people not see this and want to protect these children? You know. Even if you disagree about the border issue and letting people in or let, but making sure that the children are protected from these dangerous cartels, I mean, it's just unfathomable. I would just encourage our listeners, our subscribers to contact the White House, contact your representative in, in Congress, let them know how you feel. Uh, like you said, we're always looking for middle ground issues. Maybe how can people disagree on this? How can people disagree on this one? So, again, we have the experts sitting here on the drugs and the fentanyl on the border, on the child uh, trafficking, on the sex trafficking, the whole nine yards. This is something we think there's only one side to. So get it done. Wake up. And that's our show for this week. A quickie, but an important show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next time. And look for Cudlow for our anniversary show next up. Godspeed. <laughs>